All right, welcome everyone to Livestream Stars. I'm Ross Brand. This is the show where we feature talented broadcasters delivering high-quality content across Livestream platforms. Livestream Stars is brought to you by Livestream Universe for everything live streaming. Check it out at LivestreamUniverse.com. And we are now doing daily updates uh, with our recommended broadcasts and other live stream news. You can catch it on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash LivestreamUniverse. And a website just for this show. It's livestreamstars.tv. You can see upcoming guests and view replays of past shows. Coming up on Monday next week, Jim Collison from theaverageguy.tv is on the show. Jim is uh, co-host of Ask the Podcast Coach. They had been simulcasting it on Blab. Not sure if they're still on Blab, but we'll find out. Um, he also works with Gallup on their strength strength finder strength finder project. Easy for me to say. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, I'm getting all choked up. Jim Collison's coming on next week. Should be a lot to talk to uh, Jim about next week, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here. And now to tonight's guest, smooth as can be in that introduction, Vincent Orlick. Not a guru, not a ninja, and not a what, what's the third one? It's always, I always. Uh, Maven or Rockstar? None of those. Oh, okay, I think you're a rock star. I don't know. <laughs> I'll never call myself that stuff, but I'll, I'll tell you that. So Vincent is the president of the social media club Phoenix, where he leads meetups and collaboration efforts with local social media marketing community and even with startups, entrepreneurs, tech, and more. He's also a social media consultant for business has lived the value of the sun for the last 10 years originally from rhode island he and his wife marissa have two daughters 15 and two years of age wide span there and vincent has also appeared several times on tv news shows in phoenix providing commentary on social media issues and is of course as everybody knows the founder and admin of the blabaholics facebook group and Speaking of blabaholics, Vincent, you continue to rock on with Blab. There's there's no uh, there's no stepping back for you. You got shows scheduled. You've been doing what weekly shows yeah, on yeah. Blab. Uh, Christian Karasevich and I we still do a, a weekly Thursday evening show, afternoon show. I mean, it's afternoon for me. Like this one is afternoon for me, right. evening for you guys. Three hour difference. Um, yeah, I mean, we do it weekly. It's uh, it's about the social media news of the week. Um, you know, really, we just take a few of the pieces and, and talk about them. And then we also give uh, some new tools. Um, it's, it's the focus is around trying to integrate that information for businesses, for brand use, um, not just talk about it, but um, what does this matter for a business, for what's the actionable right. thing they can take away from it. Right, right. And I'm sure you've been getting a lot of questions about what's the actionable thing people can take away from that Pokemon too, Go. That too. I actually just recorded a, a podcast earlier today with my buddy Tyler Anderson uh, for the Social Media Social Hour. That'll be on, um, be published later this week, I believe, on Thursday about Pokemon Go. So what's your thoughts? Before we move to the, the heavier, the meat of the, the show, just real quick, what's your thoughts on what's going on? I, I love it. I mean, I, look, I'm always... And I credit Mr. Fanzo that's in here for getting me on this train of being uh, more and more of, of an early adopter. Um, I'm never going to be as much of an early adopter as, as my friend there, um, just because he's all over stuff. And uh, I, but I, I try to keep up, you know. And and with this, 
it seems like everybody was an early adopter right when it came out, right? About a week and a half ago. And uh, I think for businesses, there's huge opportunity. Anything that drives that kind of traffic and, and that kind of enthusiasm um, pulls people together in the thousands in some cases. I mean, right. there's there's so many different ways you can take advantage of that as a, as a small business, as a bigger business, as a, a an entrepreneur. Uh, I mean, you don't even have to play the game or be on the app to to market using that traffic. Right, right. And one of the things um, Nick Rishwain, who's in the, the chat, has mentioned that he's paying attention not so much because he's interested in this as is like a way to learn kind of augmented reality and see so that he's ready for yeah. the next round. If the next round may pertain more to his business than, than this round as with yeah. Pokemon go. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the, the opportunities are really endless. I, I don't see a limit on any of this stuff. It, and more so I've always felt that with, with the AR, the augmented reality versus the, the VR, the virtual reality. I know there's a lot of folks that are on that virtual reality train. I, I mean, I think it's going to do great things, but it is limited right now because of the hardware. I mean, you have to have the hardware right. and you're not going to have that in your everyday life. Um, certainly for certain experiences, certain things, um, it's it's a huge component. But augmented reality, as we're seeing right now at Pokemon, it's everyone's got this and it's in <laughs> there. And I mean, Yelp, Yelp was doing that a few years back in their app with the, they had a monocle feature it was called and you could open it up and you could see restaurants around you in augmented reality that would pop up with the little, um, the little sign indication of the name of the restaurant, if it was open, what the ratings were. Right. Um, now it's a little bit more hidden. There's some reasons for that, I think. But, um, but that was, I remember using that and I thought I was kind of mad when they, when it went away. And, uh, and now it feels like AR is, is really going to start coming back now with this popularity of, of Pokemon Go. Yeah, Rachel Moore mentions in the chat that Yelp is starting to let you sort businesses by Pokemon locations. Yeah. That's I mean, <laughs> there's all kinds of things happening. It's it's I mean, look <laughs> at look at uh, and I know we'll get into this in a bit, but um, Hillary Clinton, um, she mentioned Pokemon Go in a, a speech she just gave about how to get people to the polls, and they're action they're they're taking action and they're they're dropping lures in different places and they're sending volunteers out. Um, to register people to vote at those spots that are going for the Pokemon. So wow. that's one way to do it. <laughs> wow. That's going to be some kind of foot traffic going around if the political uh, groups start start hanging out where the Pokemon <laughs> location is. I mean, yeah. Hey, I mean, everybody's going to be picking, piggyback offing it. I, yeah, right, of it? Right. something like that i mean it's kind of like it's kind of like writing the hashtag right i mean you see a hashtag and okay i can join this discussion and relate it to my business is how a lot of people use twitter so it's kind of the same thing now you're writing right. the location but it's the just game, but right? it's actual <laughs> foot traffic and in real life connections right. and they're at your or right close by to you where your business is now you just have to get them a few feet you know closer to your door Right, right. So with the political convention season starting today, um, talk a little bit. Of, I know you, you do some um, you've done some TV commentary out in Phoenix bit, on, yeah, on news bit. channels about how about how the 
the elections going as far as candidates using um, social media. Let's we know Twitter is is very much involved in this race, right? Yeah. Let's let's talk about live streaming. To what extent are you seeing candidates using live streaming? Uh, I, well, you know, today um, it's right now it's it's not so much the candidates. It's the like today specifically is the RNC and some of the networks, right? Right. Um, I mean, I've definitely seen them using Snapchat, uh, which is live streaming in a sense it's it's a bit of an offshoot right um but they've definitely they they all from the beginning uh i mean rubio sanders clinton trump all had snapchat accounts some of them used them more than others um and that was mm -hmm. you could argue the effectiveness given that probably sanders was <laughs> the one who was piggybacking there's your term piggybacking off of um the the audience on snapchat and it didn't get him to the to the spot he needed to get to, but he, he right. had the groundswell. I mean, he definitely had the groundswell. Um, Kasich was active on Snapchat. In fact, he was the one I used him as an example on one of those TV spots because um, we were talking about Snapchat for for the politicians and, and the campaign. And and Kasich had the famous one if you follow it um, with Romney. He had the picture of him sitting with Romney on the snap. And that was the one that like blew everyone away. They're like, Kasich and Romney are sitting in Snapchat using Snapchat. Like that was the, at least I, when I was talking about on that show, that was like a big thing. The reporters were like, "Whoa, what?" <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I, I I don't know how much like candidates are taking out their phone and doing like a Periscope or a Facebook doing, Live. Yeah. Probably not much. No, if I don't, at I don't all, see right? that. I, obviously, the campaigns are going to be very as as real time and as um you know real authentic as they kind of are they're really not i mean even snapchat the, the snaps are, are orchestrated to a point i mean they're not taking snaps they're not just going taking it themselves they're someone in the campaign is in charge of the the, the live stream account or the social media or the snapchat account and they're doing that and it's it's planned out for the most part now it's not to say that here and there they're not doing some things on the spot that they're you know discussing first and say okay yes let's do it uh, obviously right? right they're not going to do anything that's not not totally planned out um, I I really I haven't seen Trump um, do really much of that uh, at all mm -hmm. I, I haven't seen any of them really use use live streaming per se because that was always the thing when Blab first came out I remember it was one of the first discussions that we had was. Imagine how how a, a candidate could use something like more like like FireTalk or Blab rather than Periscope um, to actually communicate with with mm -hmm. people, you know, good or bad, good or bad. Could have a, you could have your town hall on. Blab. You could have your town hall. You could just sit there and and I mean, can you imagine the kind of coverage that we get if if that person say Trump jumped on a, a hangout or blab or fire talk and was sitting here taking people, right. bringing them into the call. Like, <laughs> like as, as whether you like him or hate him, it's, it would be a pretty remarkable thing to see. Mm -hmm. You know, one, the only candidate that I I've seen, and I, I certainly don't really follow politics on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, to the extent I do, it's like, okay, now I'll go watch it on TV or read about it. And then I'll, go back to doing the rest of right. my life. So I kind of segment right. it um, from commenting on it. I did see somebody shared a live stream that Newt Gingrich was doing on Friday. And he was very like, 
like he just talked and then he started taking questions from people in the chat. And I was surprised about that because, you know, those guys so want to control the questions and things like that. And I was saying to myself, well, he probably has the chops to do yeah. that. But I'm thinking that he also got the notice that he's not going to be picked as vice president. So he feels a little more free exactly. to say whatever he wants and do whatever he feels. I totally agree with that. Totally agree. I, I I totally agree with the fact that he basically had nothing to lose at that point. And right. in all honesty, maybe he was a little PO'd. You know? He might have been a little mad and was like, you know what? Right. Forget these guys. I'm going on live stream. I'm going to start talking to people and answering questions. Like, If that's what it takes, then – okay he did it you know that's that's great that i more of that is always good you know it, get them on but going. even knowing the risks right for the for the major candidates and even knowing what's at stake and there is so much at stake and any wrong word it's going to be you know in the news cycle for several days and everything there is a certain relatability that a candidate can get that that i can't really think of another way using media other than meeting you in right. person I, I mean, where they can really show off what they if they're confident in what they know and confident that they can talk about the issues of yeah. the day, then why not get on there and let you and me and the great people in this chat and everything ask them the questions that we want to yeah. ask? Because when they do the debate, right, like when they do the debate and they say like, oh, this is sponsored, co-sponsored by Facebook or whatever. And we're going to go to so-and-so out there for the, it's so phony. Right. It's like, oh, we discovered there's this Facebook thing and people are using it. And by the way, we sourced the same dumb question that somebody would have asked if we went to the crowd for a question. <laughs> it's not like they, they asked something. It's like, damn, that was deep. You know, I don't think the, uh, I don't think the, the, the anchor would have asked that question right. or the moderators would have, it, it's always something with like, you know, so what do you think of uh, birds in the sky? Oh, great. You know, thank you. Or, you know, it'll be some, some other question like, oh, you know, so and so's thirty three and has a question about healthcare or whatever. So so it's not really worth all that much. It comes across as sort of phony and insincere to me. Like the TV networks are trying to be cool or they got enough money from Facebook. I, I don't know what you think about that, but it it's, it seems like the worst way that they could integrate social media. Yeah. It's it's a start. I mean, it started back you know with with President Obama, of course, because he was so ingrained and utilized social media to get to where where he's gotten. Um, both times, both times. Um, and it's, and you know, the Republican party really still hasn't caught up. I don't think, um, compared to what o Obama has done now, now president Clinton, president Clinton, <laughs> um, <laughs> there's news right here on live stream stars. Um, Vincent Harlick is called I called it. Hey, well, <laughs> zero precincts reporting. I, I was alive in 2000. I, come on. I remember that's basically what, what uh, Tom Brokaw did too. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, so, uh, Hillary Clinton. Um, I mean, she, she does she does okay with social media. You know, it's it's nothing really groundbreaking. Um, the Pokemon thing is really the first big groundbreaking thing I've heard that could be even in that class. Um, you know, they they're all just they're posting on on their Facebook pages. They're using Twitter. Trump has single handedly kept Twitter uh, relevant in the, in the last yeah. year. Um, you know, as much as I love Twitter, um, he's he's really brought this whole thing back to Twitter. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know without him if it really that would have happened. You know, the fact that he uses that as an outlet, as his main outlet, um, is is pretty incredible. Um, but I, yeah, they don't. 
President Obama it was was the one who really utilized it, and I still don't feel like they, the ones that are candidates now or have been in the campaign this whole year, have really done anything groundbreaking or really taken advantage of it. That aside from maybe you know Bernie Sanders using Snapchat in in that way, uh, some of them I think followed him. Perhaps what was kind of revolutionary about what Obama did is that his campaign used it before it was really crowded, right. right? Before it was so noisy. So they got a lot of mileage out of it with a little little competition. I think Trump is getting mileage out of it from not sticking to the script on it, right? Like what he's he posts is not what you'd expect a candidate to post. So he gets a lot of attention for his tweets. Right. Um, whereas if you're just posting sort of the same thing that's in the press release, taking a line out of that, I think it almost goes unnoticed at this point amongst all the noise on on Twitter. And Rachel just brought up a, I mean that was that was a big that was a big uh, move when when Clinton's campaign tweeted that delete your account comment um, to Trump because that was you don't you don't usually see the candidates, especially once they get to the presidential campaign level, the the nominees. Um, presumptive nominees, they they don't get like to a point they will. They don't get really really into it at adversarial. Here and there, right. there might be a moment, right? Like when um, Obama and Romney had that moment uh, about the the Book of Women that Romney talked about, and uh, the the, um, the I think it was about gun control, but it was it was uh, the reporter for CNN, Candy. Oh man, I forgot. Candy Crowley. Candy Crowley. So that was like that was like the the biggest moment. And to your point about the questions, it came from her. It didn't come from the audience at that town hall. It was right. her that was like following up and, and really pushing Romney a little bit on on some things. Um, binders full of women. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm looking forward to. I mean, it's, a, it's these debates. I, I man, for pure theater and and political campaign season. The Clinton versus Trump, and now Pence. Uh, assuming he's that's good. Um, Pence versus um, well, whoever Hillary brings in. You have a guess? Man, I I don't know. You know what? I I I don't I don't know. I kind of would have liked to have seen Elizabeth Warren, but I think she's better served um, not doing it, and she may even be priming herself for a presidential run herself in the future. Yeah, it's going to be nasty, I think. It's going to be real nasty. Like this this group both sides of this group can uh, this this group can Well, play. did you just see so I was watching um I don't know if you had a had a chance to jump on any of that recently today, but um they the RNC is going started today day 1. Um I was looking actually I was looking for it on Twitter cuz Twitter said they're going to live stream it and I I tweeted Twitter. I was like, how do I find this? I can't find it. I literally can't find it. <laughs> so if Twitter. anybody in the comments or, or Ross, you know how to find it on Twitter, the, the live stream. Can you put the link in here, please? Um, but otherwise, I was watching it. C-SPAN is live streaming. Unless they're just doing like the main the main <clears throat> prime time. Oh, there no, they're go. live streaming it. They're doing it. Um, the whole thing, like gavel to gavel. Thank you. I, I knew it was that, that Twitter.com iLive uh, um, URL, but I couldn't find the link to it so thank you rachel yeah so they're they're live streaming it um I, man it, it, i guess the the convention floor was google thanks rachel 
No, that's called Twitter, actually. But uh, yeah, um, <laughs> if uh, <laughs> but they do work together now since Google indexes right. all the tweets. Um, the the roll call thing that just happened on the convention floor was super interesting because it's day one, you know, a few hours in, almost to the end, and uh, I don't even know if that happened just now or or a few hours ago. That they just they, they called it chaos. Everybody was calling it chaos on the floor because they were trying to do roll call. The never Trump people uh, were trying to get things um, squared away so that they could do a a, a rules uh, a, a, a adjust the rules, do a roll call so they could do a, a rules evaluation or a rules change for their delegates. So that was interesting. I think that was a a bigger moment than than people realize right now because that was like the big idea that people had that Trump maybe wouldn't get the nomination because of that that potentially happening. Right, right. And so it, it turned out that he overcame that or well, I mean he didn't do anything. They just they whatever the party or they just go up there, the the chairman or someone that's representing the the party itself goes up on so they just disrupted the proceedings well no they're called this is like official business they go up and they're like we want to you know yay yay or nay on if we want to do a roll call for a rules evaluation and right they all yell and yell and then the party head Mm -hmm. decides and says oh well the yays have it and that's it (coughs) that's it it's incredible but as far as the you know the live streaming aspect yeah you could you could watch that live like you said twitter rachel provided that link thank you for that um, C-SPAN um, has it live. Um, there's a number of... So more daytime drama than you would normally expect at a convention, right? Like in the past yeah. few years, the past few conventions, it's going back probably to at least the, the late 90s, 2000, I guess, whatever. They've been so scripted that there isn't a, like, there isn't a step that isn't choreographed. And obviously with this one it's not scripted at no, all the dissension, the dissension that exists within the republican party and honestly with the with, you know the, the bernie sanders delegation um or supporters they're probably going to be a little bit noisy but the fact that he came out and endorsed hillary the other day is going to squash a lot of that and um but this the rnc this is the one we've all been waiting for i mean this is the grand theater of this this election season the rnc in cleveland is what it's all about right now right right so how have you seen um the media using live streaming and covering um and covering the election i see personally i see them they're they're using facebook live i mean they're certainly using facebook live um they're broadcasting their their maybe not nightly news but um often they're putting their actual broadcast on their facebook page um individual reporters are hopping on Facebook Live, whether it's from the, the the station's page or their own page. I've seen that. I've seen them on Periscope. I mean, but that's something they've been doing for a little bit already. I'm seeing people that are on the delegation floor, not even reporters or media, but just delegates using Periscope today and showing what's going on. Showing their their viewpoint, yeah. their vantage point of what's happening. Yeah. Uh, but they're they're using yeah they're I, I fully expect Facebook Live to be a, a bigger player than than Periscope on this just because of the the reach and the way that like people know on Facebook Live if they're they go to this place or it shows up in their feed they can just click and start watching the live feed um, from a network right. a major network or a major reporter. 
And it's amazing what reporters can do with just a cell phone. I mean, yes, they have their their shot that they set up and their interviews, and yeah, they get their footage from inside, right? But it's pretty cool when they just go outside and they walk around the rally and they just show you, like, here's how the crowd's gathering. This is what they're chanting. Absolutely. This is, you know, this is how long the line is, whatever. They just show you with their cell phone. They just start chatting with people. Um, where I've seen people do that, it, it's it's kind of in a way it's almost more interesting than the produced reports because you're you're seeing it in its in its context yeah. completely. I love when I love when um, someone like trying to think of of a good example um, of who's done it. Well, there's one there's one um, reporter, uh, Liberty Zamala, Liberty Z something her last name. She's on Snapchat. And she, she's with NBC, um, but she she does a lot of she shows a lot of her reporting um, that like at the scene, you know, after she's already done right. the live spot or um, recorded the the pre-produced segment, whatever. She'll show like she'll be like, oh yeah, we came out for this and this, and this is what happened. Um, and you, it's more of a of a live feel than her live standup was. Right. Um, the we have a local reporter here. Her name is Liz Kodalik. Uh, she was down in Tucson. Now she's up here in Phoenix on, I think, the morning show, um, fill-in. And she's been using Periscope for since it came out. You know, she was one of those people that was on a, a an anchor desk on a morning show and would prop up her phone, turn on Periscope, and leave it on for, like, an hour while they're doing the morning show. And so we're, we're like, sitting there on the desk as she's as she's doing the show. And then in between, she's like, Oh, hey guys, hey Periscope, you know, and she's reading the comments. She's like, oh yeah, no, he's he's funny, you know, he's a good guy. So it was it was really really good stuff. Like that we got Vincent coming up. He's going to talk about what's going on in social, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's a great. I, I thought that was really cool. And that's gutsy too, because <laughs> I mean, I don't know about TV, but I I worked in radio and certainly know what goes on when the mic. Oh goes no, on. yeah, I did too, and I, it's not always pretty. No. Well, so I I did that. <laughs> I did that also. I was I was a intern and a producer, and there was a lot of like a lot of swearing uh, at times, a lot of like running between like you just get back with the piece of news or something that just came out. You had to get to the host uh, right away, and uh, food food in the studio, um, right. maybe some beverages, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great night, Rachel. Thanks, Thanks Rachel, for, for joining us. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Blab. Um, you started the Blabaholics uh, group a year ago. I know that I, I watched Blab for like a day and was in love with yeah. the, the platform. I I thought I would never like do any kind of broadcasting again. It had been a long time and I just wasn't into it. And then I saw Blab and I was like, wow, this is what I loved about it in the beginning when it was just you know a few people hanging out, chatting and all that kind of stuff. And And so, I mean... It was great. It was great. Obviously, they've announced that they're pivoting or not really announced, but we're kind of dragged in front of a camera and said something to that effect. Right. That. <laughs> right. So what do you make of both the rise of Blab to become, you know, not a national phenomenon or anything, but but to have a very strong, small but strong community that was growing and passionate about it? And now the fact that they've kind of said, well, you know, this is hang out, swipe and chill right. and whatever you want to do. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 so I probably have, I don't know, maybe an unpopular opinion about it. I, 
I, I love I love Blab. Like I st I still love the idea of Blab, and the fact that it was so many people that that I'm a fan of and so many people that I'm friends with um, that like discovered it and told me about it, and then I got to tell other people about it. Um, that was fun, you know. That that was great, and then and then it's it's like a, a Christmas morning opening a gift when you you bring someone on Blab the first time, and you're like, okay, now you know, click click here, and you can tweet out the link, and like all the little things, right? And and everyone was always right. it, the marketing us marketing types, right? Us social media marketers right. were always like, oh man, this is amazing, this is so great, and I I feel like so that was us, that was that was us. Mm -hmm. And there was this whole other community on there that maybe some of us interacted with here and there, um, but I think they found us boring because they didn't want to listen to right. us talk about stuff, or, or or they didn't want to. They had no interest in like a show, watching a, some, another show. They were just on there. It was a place to hang out. And right. I, I can tell you, my wife, my wife still used. Well, she was using it up until recently, um, but. She's been using it, uh, not uh, unlisted blabs, and she gets on with three or four friends with they're like in New York and other places, and they just get on there and, and hang like talk. That's they're just connecting. Right. It's not about it's it wasn't about putting a show together or anything like that. Not that there's anything wrong with doing shows. I love I love doing shows. I think it's a great place for that connecting with people. But but there was like these few different segments on there, and I feel like. The Blab folks, they didn't, for whatever reason, they didn't anticipate the marketing types to just go full steam and start doing all this stuff with it and start trying to about monetization because that's what we always start to talk about now is, is how do we monetize this um, aside from the community. You know, right. I, I don't think, I don't totally think that they anticipated that it was going to take off like quite like it did. And when it did, yeah, they started like they bought that podcast, small podcast company or whatever that that helped the audio uh, be better. And uh, they were talking about more acquisitions. Podclear, hey Cliff, what's going on? Um, the mayor's, yeah. <laughs> Podclear, yeah, they bought Podclear <laughs> and integrated them in. And um, Cliff is actually one of those folks that that. Uh, he hangs out on Blab and like talks, just talks with people. And my wife, they're in, they're in a group together. They talk all the time, and it's great. And right. that's, I think that's where the the Blab folks were coming from, where they they envision more of that to be the case rather than the marketers getting on there. Not that we wouldn't, but right. just more of a community feel. And that's that's what even Sean said in that last one. I mean, that was the last one I've seen him in. Um, where he talked about people were asking him questions and Joel got in there too. And a bunch of, I, I popped in there and asked him some stupid question and, <laughs> and he, 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 um, you know, he was, I don't know if he was agitated, but I think, I think he felt like, Oh, well, I, I guess I just better jump in here and like answer these questions because everyone thinks that we're quitting blab and all this. And, you know, I just heard blab is not really safe. Uh, in terms of keeping your information, like it can be hacked easier now. Um, the support isn't there. So while they haven't come out and said specifically, um, you know, to our faces, we're abandoning Blab. Right. They've they've moved on to a point to this other app. I mean, they took the little purple owl and put it on the new app. It's got the purple owl logo. 
So is that Bebo? Yeah, or? yeah, the Bebo app. If you go on the app, it's got the little purple owl on it now instead of the red owl. So, so you think Blab is just alive, but it's just treading water until they pull the plug on it? Or I, yeah, I don't, I don't know if I don't know if they'll ever pull the plug. That's the thing. I I think they'll just they'll just kind of let it be, and then who knows? I mean, I guess I guess what would be the unless there's some financial reason to to pull the plug. I don't know what it costs to keep it up and running. Um, but but then there's this other aspect to it where whenever someone goes in, like Joel, Joel and Vincenzo had their final show, right? That they that they used right. to do. And I don't know if you were in there, Ross, but there was a bunch of people that were coming in on the comments and be like, What do you mean? Where's Blab going? What's wrong with what's going on with Blab? What's wrong with Blab? Right. Yeah, you I know? saw that. Like I, it's, it's this topic amongst us, amongst us within the live streaming and marketing that pay attention to it. But the general populace on there, I don't feel like they feel anything is go is happening that's different than has happened over the last year. Right, right. I, I mean, I guess where where I see that there's there's a huge change is that when um not Sean, but the number two guy for Khan. Yeah. Yeah. When he he was on Tyler uh Anderson's podcast, yep. I think August of last year, and he talked about um podcast as a use case he even talked about them being inspired by the kind of talk shows that were on espn and things like yep. that they had the, the 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 tagline press a button host a talk show or something Let's like that right again after that right so <laughs> i mean that's that's what my issue yeah. was when they kind of came back and acted like where did you get the idea that this was a place for hosting talk shows this is a place to hang out and you know well talk shows aren't a use case I'm sorry, your tagline right. kind of threw me over here. I mean, you have every right in the world to change directions, to make a different business decision, to follow your your own vision or whatever. I, I totally respect right. that. But, you know, it's a long life and you guys are young. You might as well just practice being straight with people because if this Bebo thing doesn't work out, you know... It, I don't know. I mean, it seems like they pissed off a lot of people unnecessarily yeah. where they could have just gotten in front of it or at least caught up to it and said, listen, we're pivoting. We're going to sit down. We're going to have a little talk with you guys or make a speech well, or something. Long? We're going to do it professionally. We're not going to I'm not going to be walking around an office like I got to give you 20 minutes of my busy right. day. I'm actually going to say that we brought thousands of people over here. A lot of them are here for a certain reason. If we're not going to support that. Let's just tell them straight up so that they don't continue booking guests on right. shows and having things not work for them. Let like if the car isn't going to run anymore the way you thought it was going to run, why don't we just tell you that instead of pretend we don't hear the problem? Right. Right. <laughs> right. So that was my problem with the guys. Not that they pivoted. They have every right to do that. In fact, they have an obligation to the people who are funding them and who are you know, to their investors and, and, you know, to the people that work for them, they have every obligation right. to, you know, to do what's in their best interest. But I think to resent the community that rallied to what you were building. <laughs> yeah. There could have been a better way to, to, to smooth that over. And I think people would have understood. And I think that's where the disappointment was that, I kind of continued doing my shows until the wheels fell off when it would have been nicer if you said, you know what, we're not going to fix these wheels at all. So you know what, if you want to host a talk show, go somewhere right. else. 
And that's what they ultimately said. But they waited so yeah. long that, you know, it was just really frustrating. Which um, is funny that they had a bad know, communication issue, as as Zevzan said there. It's because they they had always been like really great at communication. And that's that was part of the, the reason or part of the well, part of the reason why the Blabahogs group was kind of grew in popularity was because those guys I, I asked I, well, actually I created it and then I like I just invited them in. And and they came in and they were like they were answering questions and they were talking to us you know it was like that was so refreshing for a platform right. team founders to to be in there and responding and everything now did we all think that would last forever no because if it grew and grew we didn't expect them necessarily to be able to do that all the time but it right. was so cool and the, and the fact that that was one of the attractions was that. You know, Brittany at the drop of a hat, we I asked Brittany to come on. Uh, we did we were doing a social media club Phoenix weekly show, and she was like the first person that came on. She was like, "Of course I'll do it." She was on with us for like two hours and and just chilling with us and answering questions and people coming in and talking to her. And Frakan was always cool. Sean, CEO, always available. Almost, you know. I mean, they were trying to get it get it going. That, yeah, they they dropped us. I I agree. I mean, it, it it was dropped, and I totally agree with the and feel the disappointment myself too. I didn't get to go to Blab headquarters like on the those meetups or anything, but they mm -hmm. did have a hand in developing that community in in a big way by bringing people in. You know, they're like, oh, come San Francisco, come and hang out with us, and if you're here, blah blah. blah. They invited people in. They invited people in, and then towards the end, it just was like, well, we're we're just. We're just not going to be. They did an amazing involved. job building community. They did. I mean, really maybe did. it's, you know, we should give ourselves some of the credit because we were enthusiastic and brought. But, I mean, they got the community part and integrating the chat. I mean, now all these platforms have pretty good. A lot of these platforms, you know, Blab alternatives have pretty good chats as well. I mean, but when you compare it to like what people were using before blab like google hangouts and stuff like that really the ability to discover shows which they took the discovery thing away but that was the coolest part of blab is you could just go to blab and go oh i see vincent's in this this uh show let me check this out yep. oh okay they're talking about sports cool I'll, I'll take a listen to this or you go to another one oh they're talking about marketing um and so they kind of killed the discovery somewhere along the line, but they did the they, they yeah. it's like they did the hardest part because there's plenty of these platforms right that are that are superior to Blab in terms of stability and technology and all that, but you know you got to bring your audience. There's no built-in audience for you, and there's no discoverability. Um, so Blab had done all that right, and I felt like if they had communicated nicely with us, appropriately, professionally on the way out. The story could have still been for Sean and for Khan and Brittany, how they built this great community. Maybe they built it before time was ready, before they could afford, you know, what it really costs to sustain a, a community of that many users or before the technology got to the point where they could they could rely on it, whatever it was. Right. They, they really had written a great story for themselves. And then they blew it because the story then became about kind of how they bleeped us over it right kind of right and that's the thing like if they just you know look i i just we care because we care about the we love the platform if some other platform i mean 
I, you know, Tumblr isn't getting much activity or talk about these days. I could care less either way, right? It was a place I threw up some posts from time to time, paid attention to it every six months, right? But Blab, we love. Yeah, and it was because of that community that we created amongst ourselves for sure. And and how many people we connected with? I mean, like Ross, I don't, I don't think I, you and I connected before that. Right. I don't, I don't, you know, before a year ago at the at the earliest. Um, yeah, it's it's just it is unfortunate, it, and it. I guess here's how I feel too. Is so I went to I went to um, social media marketing world again this year. I love I. It's my favorite conference. I've been right. every year, and I was, and this is, this was in April, uh, middle of April, I think, and I was psyched, you know, leading up to it because towards the beginning of this year, you know, they came out and they were like, oh well, there's there's a session on Blab that Sean's leading or a community that Sean's leading, then Sean is going to be part of the keynote. And you know, Blab is like being mentioned all over the place. It was like the two the two big hot topics at that conference among social media marketers was was Blab, not live streaming necessarily. It was right. Blab because Facebook Live. I, I forget if that he was was even available to everyone yet. Um, I think it might have been, um, but um, Blab and Snapchat. That's they they had they had the Snapchat influencers like a couple of the, the big names like Sean Ayala and, and Sean Torres, um, and then they had they had Sean it was all Sean's I'm just realizing that wow um, <laughs> <laughs> Sean Sean Puri CEO of Blab you know and and the Blab Brittany was there too and and then Joel Joel did a whole session about Blab he mentioned the Blabaholics like I was like oh that's so cool man thank you and we took a big picture on stage right right Blab people so. It was like this whole big thing to a month or two prior to. And that's when it just started to go downhill. Like right after that. So it was really odd that that part was always odd to me. Like, I don't know if something happened. And then, um, you know, the organizer, social media examiner, Mike Stelzner. Um, like founder. couldn't get a hold of them, right? To no, like, well, no, he, questions about his show or whatever. He had problems. No, he was mad. Yeah, he, he was definitely uh, annoyed and, and frustrated and you know threatened to leave and and bring his audience with him and all that type of thing which i i totally get i told I, at the time i felt like it was uh, an overreaction just in my personal opinion i felt like it was an overreaction um just because i didn't i didn't really see the whole the whole thing i, I didn't see i didn't think that they were just starting to tail off i thought it was just maybe a, a minor thing they were super busy trying to develop something and I, not an app, not another whole separate app. Um, but I, you know, and he, he was right. You know, I, I can totally admit when I'm wrong. Um, he was absolutely right. And, and they've moved off lab. Um, right. Their audience, you know, for better or worse is at least their weekly show. I, I, I don't know if they're doing it on fire talk maybe um, or a different platform. I think they were using, were they using Huzzah maybe? Huzzah, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, so that's the thing, right? So now we have Firetalk, we have Azaw, we have others that are that are popping up um, for this purpose. So we'll find other platforms. Right. You know, we already right. have. It's already happening. There's other platforms, even though I didn't really use them, but things like Spreecast and Justin TV and um, uh, trying to think of the others, but they've been around. You know, that you stream. They they've been around, um, but they didn't. The one thing there's like all those that blab. 
and including Hangouts over here, then Blab, and now there's these other ones. And the one differentiator about Blab was the people, the connections, the community. There, none of the other ones have that. Still, right. before, after. Right, and that's that's what they did that was amazing. Like, you know, it's like a, an athlete with great talent who then throws it away. <laughs> yeah, it was serendipitous. It was really because it, it came along at this, like, like, perfect point for whatever reason where everyone was talking about live streaming community and, and there was people that were that were involved that could bring in all these other people, too, that were connecting, right? right? And and from that, it just exploded in, in our world anyway. And and I, I mean, I thought the – it was it was limitless for what what could happen with that platform right yeah i i had expected i mean a lot of us built our shows around blab you know yeah. i mean the the whole style of the show that i was doing now i'm doing other stuff but i'm, I'm continuing basically with the same show but right. you have to be conscious that if you built your show on blab that there's really no other platform exactly like that Right. You know, and, and a lot of times like the show would kind of end at eight o'clock, but I would just keep going. You know, people wanted to hang out and stuff. We just keep going for another hour, an hour and a half. And you keep getting new people joining in and coming in like you don't get that on any other platform. Right. I, mean, I could have like you could have a hundred something people watching your after show. Right. And and some of those people leave and go get dinner. And then other people like a show where you know they get into their car, they listen to a segment, they get out of their car, they come back next time they need to, to go somewhere. So that that was the fun of Blab is that it really you could do long form stuff on there, and you know you could just sustain it by new people coming in yeah. with new ideas and the chat and all that stuff. So it was great while it lasted. So what is next for you as far as Blabaholics go? Are you going to keep the name? Are you going to change the name? Are you going to focus on other platforms? <laughs> Honestly, I, I, well, I think I'd have to probably change the name. So um, that group, it's funny because there's like 11, 1,200 people in that group that um, are Blab fans or, or fans that found it through Blab that are just fans of live streaming. Um, Barb, 1192. <laughs> Thank you. Um, perfect. Then we, we got it. Come on. Eight more people, eight more people. <laughs> um, yeah. It, I hadn't really thought of it until a couple weeks ago when someone like brought it up. I, to be honest, I, I used to do like a, a daily post in there that I was hoping people would use for posting their shows onto that post. Because what I was trying to avoid with that group was having to become like every other blab group that, that developed after that. Um, where it's just people posting their shows just in the whole feed, right? I wanted that group, I still hope to have that group be people posting about and, and discuss, discussing, engaging about the more the overall topic and having a discussion rather than here's my show, go watch it. You know, mm -hmm. I, I'll, I'll concede and put up a post that says here, put your posts, put your shows for the day here. I'll concede and right. do that. But the rest of the discussion on a daily basis should be discussions. It should be, you know, here's the new features that are coming out, or what do you think about about this and that. So that's why I think I think I'm based on you know talking to some people, talking to you. Um, I, I feel like that group there's there's an interest of just live streaming the world of live streaming in general. Um, there's other groups that are out there like that that exist. You know, Joel Joel's got one. Joel Joel Com has a really good right. one. Um, so 
wait, I have to read what Gail said. Do a Facebook Live in the group about what you want. Yeah, I, I, I definitely have thought about that. Um, to be honest, time-wise, it's, it's a little bit lower on my list of priorities um, right now, but it's not, it's not gone. I mean, I know that there's a lot of people in there that, that, that care about the people that are in there and want to stay connected and, and all that sort of thing. So um, I, I feel like it could be more of, a, of an overall overarching theme of um, maybe it's just about all the platforms, you know, something along those right. lines. So I'm open to suggestions, like I said, in the, the tweet and the comment that I, I sent back to you. So any of you guys that have, um, have comments or have suggestions, if you want to put them over here in the comments, go for it. If you want to send me a tweet or shoot me a message, go for it. I'm open. Um, that's that's it. I, I sort of answer your question more directly. I don't have a specific plan for that group for what to turn it into. Right, right. You know, Dan mentioned something else that was really super cool about Blab and that, you know, on mobile, the audio plays even when you go back to the home screen. So you could really listen to Blab like a great conversation, like a like a radio show. And you could be doing something else. You could be doing work on your phone. You could go into another yeah. app and Blab continued playing, which was Did so your cool. phone. My phone would get really hot, though, after a little while. It would start just heating up. So I don't know if that was just my phone or if that was the fact that the phone was using so much um to keep that live stream hmm. going i Anyone didn't notice else? that with black is that just me <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i know my computer got uh, my like i now i have a different computer but my computer that i was using which was a little older that would heat up when i yeah. used blab i mean and it never stopped heating up even when i wasn't using blab after that <laughs> oh man so what do you got coming up as far as like um any projects, anything coming up, any TV appearances, anything, um, social media, Club Phoenix, any events? Yeah, we've got a couple things, actually. So July 29th, uh, we have uh, our good friend Ted Rubin is coming to town. He's He comes to the Phoenix area and actually northern Arizona. He takes a trip there to visit some friends, I think, every year. Um, and in the on his way, he usually will stop in Phoenix. And now it's this is the second year that we're doing a, a social media club Phoenix kind of meetup featuring Ted Rubin. And um, he's the uh, hashtag RNR, return on relationship right, guy for right. anyone that doesn't know. Um, but yeah, we'll have, we'll have a little meetup with him at a, at a local place and we should get a good, good turnout for that. It's, it's not, you know, we don't, we don't buy everything for everybody. We'll do a few first 25 people free drinks or something. Um, but that's always fun. You know, it's, he, he makes a good time. He's, he's very interactive, talks to everybody and uh, everyone's glad to see him. So there's that. Um, we have, we have some things coming later this year for the club, um, around the small business world and, and, um, locally for the, the small businesses locally to do some things to prepare them for that week of, um, Black Friday, um, Right. Uh, Cyber Monday, Giving Tuesday, Small Business Saturday. So, because it, it feels like there's a, a lack of of real like campaign. People focus on Black Friday so much, and then the Small Business Saturday thing right now. I don't. I think they could be doing a whole lot more with that. So, um, locally, we're going to do some things to to help help the small businesses. Um, and personally, I, I mean, I'm I'm social media manager here at Plexus Worldwide here in Scottsdale. Um, I got some. I got a pretty big announcement coming in the next couple of weeks myself personally. Uh, so mm -hmm. I don't know if anyone cares about that. 
holding us career-wise career-wise wow good for you i mean i've already let them know here and um but it's uh we'll be making an announcement regarding that so that's that's a huge that's the biggest thing in my world obviously planning to stay in the phoenix oh yeah yeah i love it here cool I love it here. I, I will, I'm not going to be moving uh, unless my my wife, you know, forces me to. Um, <laughs> but well, she see, so she's. I'm from the East Coast. I'm from Providence originally, right? And we went back to that whole up and down Maryland, DC, Boston, right. Providence, New York City for a day. Went to Times Square and all that for a day. So so she got to see all that and and uh, loved it. And wants to go back, and I don't think she'd want to live there, though. So that's a good thing. Did she see it in the summer or the winter? Uh, it was it was just around Labor Day, so it was a good time. Oh, beautiful yeah, time! It wasn't of too hot. It was beautiful. <laughs> we had a great great weather, um, and I showed her all the cool spots and and all the fun stuff. And so she loves to travel anyway. So anyway, she we but I don't think we'll be moving. We're not moving as far as I can tell. We're not moving from Phoenix. There's too much opportunity here. I love it here. Yeah, I'm overdue for a trip out yeah, there. Man, I definitely anytime. have to do it. Maybe not, maybe not this month or August, but no, in the in fall. The, no, in the fall, I'm definitely due for a trip November out there. November or March. Best times. Yeah. Pretty much the whole year is good, except for the three summer months, right? I mean, pretty it's pretty much, pretty much from late September to mid-May. It's like perfect. It is. <laughs> that's what makes it all worth it. You know, I don't I don't miss shoveling snow or raking leaves right. or dealing with black ice or uh, <laughs> any of that stuff, getting caught on the highway in a snow drift, uh, pushing right, my car. Right. Yeah, no, I don't miss that. The worst thing is you just stay in an air conditioned place right. in the Your middle. Your heating of the bill summer, goes right? up. Your heating bill's expensive for a few months. I mean, then you turn it off during December. I mean, your, your AC right, right. bill is higher. Now. Right. But no, it's there's trade offs, but it's to me it's worth it. I've been out here over over ten years, and and I love it out here. He's not a guru, and that's where you blog, right? Notaguru.com. Co. Vince, Vincent Orlick at Vincent Orlick O R L E C K on Twitter, on Instagram. What's your same Snapchat? Yeah, it's pretty much my name everywhere. Awesome. So thank you so much. It's a great talk. I'm glad we, we we really didn't have a chance to chat other than you know dropping into blood, same lab. So it's it's pretty awesome. I, I love what you're doing with the Facebook group, and um, you know, good luck with everything. I, I look forward to chatting with you again. Um, maybe on another platform, yeah. maybe here, maybe it's on not. Facebook. Live. I don't know. Hey, <laughs> Seriously, thank you. I, I I'm honored that you had me invited me on, and and really. We're talking and, and talking about all this cool stuff, and and I'm a fan of yours, and um, everything that you're doing is super useful, and we need it. So keep doing it on a regular basis, like you're doing. I I, I have to say this too. So you are absolutely oh, the you. the best um, planner, because this was <laughs> we set this date. How many months ago was it? I don't know. I've got I've got the show booked out through the end yeah, of the dude, year. Dude, you're way more organized than I am. Way more organized than I am, and and probably more than most people out there. So that kudos to you on that because that's that's a that's a great skill. Thank you, man. It's so great to have you on. Thank you so much, uh, Vincent Orlick. 